What if you were one inciting incident away from a more fuller, meaningful life in which you come alive? Now, for some of you, life is good. For others, life is great. But when you slow down and when life slows down, there is still inside of each of us a longing and a calling for more life, for more meaning, for more excitement. For others of you, maybe you're in a dry space. Maybe you're in a hurt or an angry space or a space where you're really struggling. I want to encourage you that there is more, that there is freedom from that, and that there is life beyond that. This is a fact. All of us are stuck between two lives. The lives we are living and the lives we have yet to create for ourselves. And in between those two things is a bridge. You don't have to know what's on the other side of that bridge. All you have to know is that if you cross that bridge, there is potentially experiences and a life in which you come alive in a way that you have yet to have experienced to this day. Now that bridge could represent a lot of different things to a lot of people. For some of you, that bridge might represent faith. For some of you, that bridge is the bridge of forgiveness. For others of you, it's a bridge of gratitude or generosity or personal spiritual disciplines. But I wanna focus in today on one specific bridge that I believe each of us is invited to step across. And that bridge is an invitation to coming home to who you were created to be, and that is someone who is in relationship with the Holy Spirit, being filled and baptized and surrendered to that relationship. Today is Pentecost Sunday. Pentecost Sunday is the day in which the Holy Spirit fell on the disciples in the upper room and they were baptized in the Spirit. Today is the birthday of the church. It's when tongues of fire rested on their heads and they were filled and baptized. In fact, in fact, I'd love to do this. You know the, the fire emoji? If you're joining us online, drop the fire emoji in the chat or, or in the comments. Or maybe if you're, if you're on the train right now or, or you're jogging, maybe, maybe do a, a little fire emoji on your head and let everybody around you just look at you all strange. But I wanna just talk to us today as we wrap up our series, Come Holy Spirit, I want to invite us once again into relationship with the Holy Spirit, an intentional relationship, one that Jesus lived and one that is written about in the scriptures. And I want to end today with a challenge, a way that we can walk out living in relationship with the Holy Spirit. I love what theologian Gordon Fee said. He said, the only theology worthwhile is a theology that is lived out. We can talk theology all day and we're gonna talk theology for a little bit today and we're gonna look at the scripture, but just as important as theology is living it out. And so I wanna end with an invitation of how we can walk that out. Let's take a minute and look at the scripture 
And we're going to start in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. And this is Jesus talking to the, to the disciples. And it says this, But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And then we skip ahead to chapter 2 and verse 1, and this is what it says. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the, in the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as of fire appeared on them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. The story goes on to have the people who saw this happening start to ask, what's going on? And then Peter stood up and addressed the crowd, and he declared that Jesus is Lord, that the kingdom has come, that the word has become flesh, and then he invited each of those people in that place to enter into that relationship, and it says that 3,000 were added to the church that day. That is a banner day. 3,000 added to the church. And so I wanna talk about what that is about. And I want to make this statement. There is a relationship with the Holy Spirit that results in a power to bring the kingdom to people as we surrender to his presence. Let me just say it again. There is a relationship with the Holy Spirit that results in a power to bring the kingdom to people as we surrender to his presence. Amen. You shall receive Power. That word power is the Greek word dunamis. It's where we get the word dynamite. And the reason is because this is an explosive. This is a power that is impactful, that moves forward. It is forceful, and it is, happens when the kingdom comes near. The word power is a loaded word in a lot of places because power can be abused, right? Parents abuse power, our employers abuse power. Uh, the church has abused power. Humanity has taken advantage at times of this word, but we must be careful, even though that has happened, not to shy away from an understanding that this is a forceful power. This is a power that advances and that moves forward. And at Pentecost, it changes everything because this was an irreducibly different kind of power than what we have come to know as power because it is a power that acknowledges that the Holy Spirit is present, that he is among us, that God is among us and is received by Jesus' followers. And it is this power by which we invite the kingdom of heaven and we bear witness to what God is doing in a space. And our model for how to live a life in the spirit is found in Jesus. Yeah. Now, we know that Jesus was fully human and fully divine. Uh, but how we translate that a lot of times in our head is that Jesus was superhuman 
and fully God, right? And so when we think of Jesus doing miracles, a lot of times we think that was his divinity that was doing those miracles. Or, or we think that it was him fully being God that was doing the miracles. But it's interesting because what actually happens if we follow along in the story of the scripture, Jesus never did any miracles before his baptism. And it's at his baptism that we see that the spirit descended upon him. And so we see that after the baptism is when Jesus performed all his miracles. What am I getting at here? That Jesus did miracles by the power and in relationship with the Holy Spirit, the same Holy Spirit that lives in us, that resides in us, that we are given opportunity to walk in relationship with. We talked about this on Upper Zoom this last week. In fact, kind of fitting, right? Holy Spirit fell in the upper room. We have a space called Upper Zoom. That is our upper room space in the digital world. And if you've never joined that, I want to just invite you to join us on Wednesdays at 714 in the Upper Zoom. There's, there's a community of about 80 of us that gather every Wednesday and spend 30 minutes in prayer. You can go to ncc.re slash Upper Zoom and you can find us there. But let me focus in on this idea that Jesus relied on the Spirit, and he is the model for life in the Spirit. And if everything he did was by the Holy Spirit, and that same power is available to us, we can live out that same way. And so I want to offer three quick thoughts today, and like I said, one challenge at the end. Let's start here. First, there is a prerequisite to the power of the Holy Spirit both individual and corporate. The individual prerequisite is what Peter addresses when he addresses the crowd. And that is that we must acknowledge that Jesus is Lord. You know, it's interesting, in, when Jesus and Peter were together, Jesus asked Peter, who do you say that I am? And he said, you are Christ. And Jesus said, you have gotten it right. And it's upon that that I'm going to build the church. And so this idea that the first step is acknowledging that Jesus is Lord is an individual component response prerequisite to us entering into this relationship. But just as important is understanding the community prerequisite for what it requires or what we are invited into in this relationship. And that is found in Acts 2.1. It says... And they were all together in one place. The word, therefore, they were all together is the Greek word hamathumadon. Say that fast three times. And this is what it means. It means with one mind, with one accord, with one passion. Now, the Holy Spirit falls on individuals and groups after this, to be fair, without this word being present. Uh, present, But I do think it's important that the very first time it happens definitely sets a precedent. And so the fact that this word is here and it emphasizes that they were of one mind, of one accord, of one passion, I think is important for us to understand. Because I think that the prerequisite to the power of the Holy Spirit is unity. Yes. It is one mind. It is one accord 
It is one. Unity matters. It is very important, and it's interesting. Unity starts with you, both as a word, and I'm talking about it starts with you. It's not about everybody else. Unity doesn't start when everybody else starts thinking what I think. Unity doesn't start when everybody else starts acting the way I act. Unity doesn't depend on others. It starts with me. And I'm telling you, unity is not uniformity. We're all different. Thank the Lord for that. We are, and what a beautiful expression we just saw in the worship today when we saw the script, the reading in different, from different people, right? Different languages, different melatonins, right? We're different, and praise God for that. That is the expression of God. And unity is not about uniformity, unity is about all being in right relationship with the standard, which is Jesus Christ. That's where we unify. And it's critical to understand that a prerequisite for the the power of the Holy Spirit to become present is unity, and unity starts with you. Second, there is a purpose to the power of the Holy Spirit, and it's in Acts 8.1, and it's to be my witnesses. It's to testify to others. It's to point others to Jesus. In other words, the purpose of the power is people. That the world would know that people would be restored to their creator. That we would be reconciled to our factory settings, that people would find their way back to God as they find their way back to themselves through that relationship with their creator, with their designer, with their Lord. I feel like I share this quote all the time, uh, but it's an Andy Stanley quote. And for me, it's such a critical uh, saying it's core to what I believe, and it's this. Purpose is found just across the border of what's in it for me. You see, it's about people. When we finally realize that our purpose is not inward, but it's outward, we come alive. It's not about me bringing anything to the table, but it's about me joining God in what he's already doing. It's being present in others' lives so that when God shows up, I can participate. It's about being aware that God already is showing up. He's already there. He's already at work. And our engagement, our opportunity is simply to engage with what he's already doing. I think about the friend that I have that I play cornhole with. Can I hear it for some cornhole today? If you, yeah. if you play cornhole, drop, drop a little corn cob in the comments right now. In fact, if you've got 20 bucks and you want to play a game, I'm down. Let's go. <laughs> Just kid, kind of. But here's the thing. I, I, I play uh, in a cornhole league, believe it or not. So uh, every week I go and I engage with these guys and, and gals who, who play and I become present in their lives and I get to know them. Well, I have a friend who, uh, after I had, we had just developed a, a friendship, had a stroke. 
and I found out about it, and I felt a prompting just to be present. So I reached out to his daughter, asked if I could get the address to the hospital so that I could go visit, and I went and I visited, and I was in the room with him, and we began to talk about what happened when he experienced the stroke. And he began to share about all these circumstances that were just the way that it transpired. There was something greater than himself in that room. And as he was talking about it, and as I was present, I, begin to be, I began to become aware that the kingdom was coming near. And I began to sense God in the room. And all I was doing was being present and watching for where God was at work. And I was able to step into that situation and say that God is in this space and his daughter and him. And he had a friend there that was there too. And there was a physical, tangible uh, experience that the kingdom had come near, that me being able to come into that space and God showing up, all it was was being present, available, listening, and experiencing God. And something happened in that room that transformed the trajectory of his life. And what God is doing is amazing in that. Ex that is what we are called into being present to be there for when God shows up. Yeah. I just had to be present, aware, watching, expecting, and surrendered to respond. Now, the word witness in the Greek is the word martis. And we actually get the word martyr from that word. And the etymology of that is because many of the early witnesses to Jesus ended up being martyred for their faith. Now, thank God, most of us do not have to experience our lives being threatened for the gospel. However, we do need to come to a place where we might need to die to ourselves. We might need to die to our agendas. Can we slow down enough to be present to notice God? We might need to die to our ideas? Can we set them aside long enough to be present in someone else's life? We might need to die to what's in it for me in this relationship and have a different mindset as we move forward as a witness. You see, Jesus comes alive, not just in our living, but also in our dying. Literally and figuratively, he comes alive in our dying to ourselves as we sacrifice ourselves to be present into the lives of others. He comes alive in our successes and in our failures, in our joys and in our sorrows. Scripture says, if anyone desires to live, he must die. Lay down his life for a brother. You see, it's not about your success. It's about who you're becoming along the way. It's not about even our idea of success as a witness, it's about who are we becoming as we become present in the spaces that we already inhabit. As a follower of Jesus, who are you becoming? I love what Erwin McManus says. If your purpose is rooted in your success, it's fragile. If your purpose is rooted in the person you're becoming, it is untouchable. And when you are willing to be present and available in the lives of others, watching for where God is at work, you will experience an aliveness 
that you were created for. You see, it's the kingdom coming near as the combustion of your availability mixed with the presence of the Holy Spirit comes together. Then the kingdom comes near and becomes present and becomes tangibly touchable almost and brings us and others to life. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. That word receive is a key word here. It's the Greek word lambano. It's translated in two different ways throughout the New Testament, as receive and as take. And it's interesting because there's this wrestle of what do we do when we receive the Holy Spirit? Is it just sit back and let it happen or is there some involvement in our part? Well, I think the tension of the translation of this word is critical because too often we equate it with just sitting back and waiting. But there, this is an act of receiving. When I play catch with my son and I throw him the ball, he's got to catch it, right? He's got to receive it. When someone writes you a check, you have to endorse it. There is an active receiving that takes place, and that is the same with receiving the Holy Spirit. There is a responsibility on your part to receive and to take what is being given to you in your life, which leads me to my last point, number three. There is a response to the presence of the Holy Spirit. You are invited to be an active participant in the receiving in the going after, in the participating, in the filling of the baptism. Fact, you can be moved and yet unchanged. What brings about change is the application. We've talked about this before. Revelation does not equal transformation unless there is application. We have to participate. And God has chosen for whatever reason for us to be active participants in the kingdom coming near. And the response is our response of surrender to the Holy Spirit. When we think of the gospel going forward and the kingdoms of heaven becoming the kingdoms of earth, we often think it's because of our efforts. But this is the wrestle because it's quite the opposite. The kingdom comes near by no effort of our own except for our being present, aware, and intentional in those spaces. But it is God and the spirit of God that is among us that does the work. So when we say that our mission is to look for where God is at work and to join him in what he's already doing... That's what we're talking about. I'm not saying that we need to take God to others. We go to others. God shows up through us, in us, around us, and we simply join him in what he's already doing in the life of somebody else. But you are not the producer of that work. You are, you are the one who is present and able to engage it. So where is God showing up in the lives of others? If we can't answer that question, maybe it's because we're being invited to start becoming present in the lives of others. When he does show up, how can you surrender to what he's doing in that moment? And when you do, you become a kingdom 
bringer. I love that word. Holy Spirit presence plus your engaged surrender equals the kingdom has come near. You see, God doesn't want to just get you to heaven. He wants you to bring heaven to earth. He wants to bring heaven to earth, and it happens when you are present and available and willing to surrender and join him in what he's already doing. For me, that surrender was a willingness to simply acknowledge uh, to simply acknowledge God to serve my friend who was in the hospital to be there and present in a time of need and willing to love him and his family. You see, we need less sharing of ideas and more sharing of our lives together, more people being involved in each other's lives. So the invitation today is to be a kingdom bringer. Whenever Jesus, wherever Jesus went, he said the kingdom is near. And the same spirit that brought the kingdom near as Jesus walked the earth is the same spirit that lives inside of you, that is available to you to fill you so that where you go, when God shows up, he can mix that with you and the kingdom coming near in the lives of those around us. So we have a specific way that you can become a kingdom bringer. At all our locations today, we are going to be offering this challenge and we're calling it the prayer walk challenge. We're gonna invite you to become more present, not in spaces that you're not already inhabiting, but in spaces that you already exist in, but to instead become present, intentional, focused, antennas up, looking for where God's at work by prayer walking the spaces you already inhabit. So over the next 40 days, starting June 4th, we are going to ask you to choose your Jerusalem, Judea, your Samaria. What is your space? What is your mission field going to be? So we'd like to invite everyone, if possible, to make your mission field potentially where you live, your, your literal physical neighborhood. Would you consider prayer walking your neighborhood and being present and being aware and being available in that space? Now, I know not everybody can do that. So for others, we want to invite you. There's really three spaces and we, we break them down as where you work, where you live or where you play. So work is easy to figure out, right? Your work might become your mission field that you want to prayer walk. Where you live can be your mission field where you prayer walk. Play is, is about maybe some spaces where you have habits. For me, my cornhole league, that's a space where I, I walk around and, and mingle with others and I prayer walk that space while I'm there with the other people. So maybe you have a sports team or a hobby that you're gonna commit to be your mission field. What's important is that you choose one and you make that space a space where you're going to move through it in prayer. And when you prayer walk, the goal is to be present, to be aware, to inhabit, to know, to be known, to engage, to be intentional, and to be a kingdom bringer. We don't want you to act all crazy. We, we don't want you to be walking through the neighborhood with your Bible out like this, shaking it at people and scaring everybody. We want you to be 
a good neighbor. We want you to be friendly, to bring love and kindness as you walk your neighborhood. Just greet people. Say hi. Talk to people. Don't force your way in. Just be a friendly neighbor. Take your time. We're not expecting for you on day one or day two or even day five to have some magical, uh, a supernatural experience. Although I do believe that that will happen for somebody. But I think for the vast majority of us, it's about inhabiting our spaces and just becoming known and also knowing. It's just about being present in those spaces and waiting for God to do the work. But in order for that to happen, in order us, for us to see God at work in somebody's lives, we need to be in people's lives. So be normal, be friendly, be a kind neighbor, a normal work neighbor, a normal uh, uh, friendly community person and watch and wait for God to show up. So here it is, number one, we want you to sign up for the Prayer Walk Challenge. And so we have a, a phone number that you can do that. We want you to text the word WALK to 844-504-0861. You can use the QR code or you can text it right now. We're going to leave that up just for a minute so you can get that. But text the word WALK. Don't, don't text, you know, I'm going to do the prayer challenge. Just text the word WALK, W-A-L-K, to that number and that will sign you up so that we can send you encouragement because what we wanna do is we wanna equip you and empower you to do that. So that's number one. Number two is choose your mission field. Number three is download the NCC app on your phone because that's where we're going to resource you. What we're gonna do is each week, we're gonna send or we're gonna post in the app uh, one of our devotionals that's going to set the intention for the week. And so that's going to give you an intention as you prayer walk your space to be thinking about what you can do. We don't want you just, we don't want to just say, hey, go pray and then leave you to yourself. We want to equip you and empower you and give you tools along the way. Week two, we're going to give you uh, what's called a blessing prayer strategy. I'm super excited about week two. And we're going to teach you about how to pray blessing prayers and how to do that and, and how to find people that you can be a blessing. In week three, we're going to continue to push into how do you uh, inhabit those spaces in prayer walk. And so over these 40 days, we're going to continue to equip you and empower you with tools to prayer walk your spaces. Will you respond and become a part of being a kingdom bringer? You see, there is a relationship with the Holy Spirit that results in a power to bring the kingdom to people as we surrender to his presence. Fact. All of us are between two lives. The life we're living and the life we have yet to create for ourselves. In between is a bridge. You don't have to know all the details of what's on the other side of the bridge. All you have to, be do, all you have to do is be willing to cross the bridge and potentially come alive in a way that you have yet to this point to have known or experienced. And that bridge is the infilling and baptism of the Holy Spirit and a life lived 
in relationship with the Spirit. Father, thank you for this word. Thank you for the opportunity that you have given us, the invitation you have given us to be kingdom bringers. And God, I just pray right now for each person, no matter where they are, in their home, in the room, uh, God, maybe on the train, maybe in their car, maybe jogging right now, maybe walking. I just pray right now, I just stop and take a moment and we unify our hearts, we unify our passion that we want to bring the kingdom. And so right now, I invite the Holy Spirit to come, to rest on people, to baptize them in the Holy Spirit, that you would fill them with the Holy Spirit right now in Jesus' name. I say, come, Holy Spirit, and fill us afresh that we might be your kingdom bringers in this earth, that we can be the fulfillment of your kingdom coming to earth. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.